This is Lucy Williams, Prosper Senior Project Manager. This is Katie McAllister, Prosper Stakeholder Engagement Manager. This is Fiona McBride, Research Staff Developer, and you are listening to a Making an Impact special as part of the Developing Practice podcast. Hello and welcome to the next episode of the University of Liverpool's Academy's Developing Practice podcast. In this special episode, myself, Matthew Davis, an organisational developer, and Alex Owen, academic developer, discuss the PROSPER project, a model being developed by colleagues based in the Academy to enhance postdoctoral career development and success. We hope you enjoy. We're really pleased to be speaking with you today as part of our Making an Impact specials. Uh, Making an Impact Development Series is an annual programme of events which aims to provide a rich and varied high quality development opportunities for researchers, academic and research related professional services staff at all stages of their career across all faculties. Our topic today is the PROSPER project which sits as part of the Academy here at University of Liverpool. But before we get started, please could you tell us all a little bit about your professional background and how you have arrived at the positions that you're in now. Uh, Fee, can I start with you? Hi, sure. Yes, yeah, so um, I've been, uh, I was a postdoc for about a total of seven and a half years all then. Um, so that was based at the University of Southampton um, after I did my PhD at the University of Liverpool. Um, and I went there to try and broaden my skill set. Um, but I also, whilst I was there, was based in a group that had no other postdocs and um, it was slightly isolated just the way the building was set up so it got me really interested in trying to connect with other postdocs as part of this i set up a postdoc forum within the department of chemistry and um, because it sort of raised my head above the parapet people then um sort of realized i was a person that if they wanted to engage with postdocs or get postdocs opinions on things that i was kind of the go-to person so that got me involved with things like the athena swan committee at southampton and uh, their concordat delivery um, kind of committee and then when i came back to the University of Liverpool um, to do a postdoc here. Um, I was still interested in both developing my own skills as a scientist, but also this extra bit of developing a career and developing the careers of other postdocs, which is really what led me to applying for the um, the position here uh, as a research staff developer in the uh, PROSPER project. Lucy, over to you. Okay, so uh, I also uh, originally got a degree in chemistry but I decided rather earlier than Fee to kind of move out of the direct chemistry area. But I was really interested in maintaining that link with research. So actually, I, I my first substantive role was at the Engineering and Physical Sciences Research Council, which is part of UKRI. And I was there for over 20 years. Uh, and I, I'll just tell you about a few of the roles that I had because I think they're kind of quite relevant to, to what I'm doing now. So first of all, I was the head of the physics programme and there I was really responsible for developing strategy and overseeing the delivery of uh, EPSRC's portfolio of physics research. I then moved uh, in a sideways and quite a different direction to head up a team of marketing and communications professionals. So I kind of took that strategic knowledge that I had about EPSRC uh, and actually managed that team that was responsible for all of EPSRC's strategic engagement with stakeholders and also its oversight of all of EPSRC communications. 
And then my final sort of substantive role that I want to talk, tell you about at EPSRC was the head of the developing leadership team. And I always used to struggle with this job title when I worked at EPSRC because it sounds a little bit like uh, I worked in HR. Whereas in fact, what that role was, it was really about all of developing the strategy for all of EPSRC's support for researchers in the external academic community. So from PhD right through early career fellowships through to world leading researchers. So I then moved to Liverpool uh, just uh, just over three years ago and kind of moved to the other side of the fence, really. So having spent 20 years um, giving out research funding, I've now moved into the university setting to work with researchers to to try and win research funding. Uh, and I was in the research partnerships and innovation director supporting academics with large strategic uh, bids but also did quite a lot of work with early career researchers applying for fellowships, so both postdocs and also um, early career academics. Uh, during that time, I was also part of the team that put together the business case for the Prosper Bid to Research England. So when the bid was successful and the project manager role was advertised, it really just seemed like too good an opportunity to miss, um, to really build on all my EPSRC experience, uh, to take on board all that recent knowledge from working with researchers here at Liverpool and to really address that challenging space of postdoc development, which I know um, from all my experiences tended to be really overlooked. I think that's really interesting that a lot of your roles seem to have been people focused. It's no surprise to me that you've, you were so keen on the project manager role because you that's clearly your background. You, you sound like your career has been um, all around creating communities uh, as well as engaging with different different ones is that fair yeah definitely definitely i mean I, I think that whole stakeholder engagement piece which we'll tell you a little bit more about which is absolutely crucial to prosper um that whole thing of you know seeing where those good ideas are and and kind of building on them and making those connections those are all things that i've really enjoyed doing in my career and i think yeah. there's great opportunity for us to do that in uh, in prosper Brilliant. Well, you say stakeholder engagement is really important. We're going right over to Katie now. What is your job title at the moment, Katie? Great, great segue, Matt. It's the <laughs> stakeholder engagement manager for the project. Okay, yeah. tell me about your background then. Yeah, so um, um, unlike Fee and uh, Lucy, uh, my degree undergrad is not in chemistry, it's in English, so a little bit different. Um, and uh, I came to this role from another role at the university. So before joining the Prosper team, I worked for about four years as the development manager within a research group in an infection pharmacology research group at UOL. Um, and that role really was sort of initially around developing income, um, so bringing in money from pharmaceutical companies and, and supporting some research grants. But it kind of evolved to be about developing not only the impact uh, sorry, the income, but the impact of the of the clinical research that the group was was carrying out, um, and I think a big part of that role was around developing relationships primarily with pharma, um, but also with clinical societies and other clinicians within um, the particular research area, which was infectious disease, and um, that gave me sort of a deeper insight into the value and mutual benefits of external partnerships, which is a big part of Prosper, as you know, and a big thing that, that drew me towards this role. 
Um, and previous to that, um, I worked in a sort of similar role also as a development manager, so developing and managing projects um, for, for a national charity called the Reader Organisation, um, which some of you might be aware of if you're based in Liverpool, because it's a Liverpool-based charity, even though it has a national footprint. Um, and that organisation really used um, literature and reading. It had different models of, of using reading as a sort of social intervention. So in a variety of different settings, so health settings, so in hospitals, also in the community, in care homes, in criminal justice settings. And my role was um, was to bring in sort of different projects and develop partnerships, which enabled us to grow and develop in different areas. So I think that the sort of partnership development element of that um, was one of the, the things I enjoyed most and the experience that I bring to Prosper. But I think sort of another really important aspect is having worked in in a research group, not as a researcher myself, but amongst researchers and amongst postdocs, I gained a real understanding over the last four years of, of the challenges that postdocs can sometimes face in terms of their career development, you know, and um, you know, I've got some good friends who are extremely talented, dedicated colleagues, but they would often be worrying about where their next contract was coming from, um, you know, well into their 30s. And so when I read the Prosper Business case, I could really see the value in it and um, really support the ambition to enable postdocs to, to harness the great potential that they have in a variety of ways. That's brilliant. So we're here to talk specifically about Prosper. Um, could you tell us a little bit about what the project is? Lucy, if we start with you. Yeah, so kind of just to give you the, the high level overview of it. Um, so it's a £3.5 million uh, Research England project. It started last October and it's led by Liverpool, but in partnership with the University of Manchester and Lancaster. And really, as we've kind of discussed at, the, at its heart, it really aims to open up that huge untapped potential of the postdoc community to all those multiple career opportunities and pathways um, that are out there. So uh, there are three kind of unique strands to the project. Uh, so first of all, we're really working closely with a group of employers and getting them to help shape the development, the skills, the experiences that postdocs need to really to transform their, their future opportunities and their future employability. Secondly, uh, we really are working very collaboratively and closely with principal investigators. So these are the kind of the research leads, the people that have won the research grants that are then have employed the postdocs uh, and really recognising the kind of the key role they play in supporting postdocs to, to pursue that chosen career pathway. Um, and finally, we really, uh, and this is a really key and important strand, we're really aiming to democratise access to development. So kind of what do we mean by that? Well, we recognise really that, that the postdoc community is really diverse in terms of the disciplines it covers. So Prosper's aiming to cover all of the research disciplines from arts and humanities through the sciences through into medical areas. Um, but also di diverse in terms of the contract lengths from sort of a matter of months to several years, in terms of the personal characteristics, uh, in terms of the whole range of caring responsibilities. And we want to make sure that whatever we design and deliver replays to this diverse audience. So culture change, co-creation, working in partnership, that the, these are things that are going to really key to sort of achieving the aims of PROSPER. Yeah, absolutely. It's 
obviously come at a really important time, which um, you wouldn't have preempted, but it, it has come at a good time, hasn't it? Um, and I guess in terms of reflecting on my own practice and working with postdocs and academics in the past, it's definitely something that's needed. Fee, how did you bring together the um, understanding in terms of the need for this project? So there's always been sort of across the UK, um, very sort of patchy um, coverage for career development for postdocs. It's very informal typically. Um, often most universities don't have anything specific to offer to their postdocs um, from the careers service within the universities. And it depends very heavily on how much each university is actually invested in um, career development for their postdocs. So it's been a bit, uh, so it's very hit and miss what kind of development, if any, was available for postdocs. And historically, it's been a very sort of narrow normal that it's been you do your PhD, you then become a postdoc, and then you become an academic. And that's been sort of the very linear pathway. And that's, that's what happens, you go A to B to C. Um, and the problem with that is that as we've had more PhD graduates, there's then been a large number of postdocs, whereas the number of um, academic positions has remained relatively stagnant over the years. But despite the fact that that stagnant number of, of jobs, um, you know, hasn't increased with the increasing number of postdocs, people still have aspired to that role. But obviously, with the increased competition, it's not going to happen for everybody. And that doesn't mean that they're failures, and it doesn't mean that they've in any way, you know, not they're not um, achieved something, and they're not going to have a great career and a great life. But it's quite a big deal and quite a big mindset change that needs to be addressed and we need to look at and as well as being able to make people sort of recognise that they have got amazing skills that are of huge value and use in other sectors. There is more to the world outside of academia. Um, and although we're still, you know, we're not saying by any means, you know, people still want to go into academia and prosper still, you know, aiming to work with, um, you know, people to reflect on their skills and their skill set. And they, this it, academia may still be the correct place for a number of postdocs, but it's just that people can have those horizons broadened and hopefully some of those sort of more traditional barriers where you kind of think, oh God, I've failed or this is a plan B and we really want to get rid of that. So that's where the need I think has really come from. Brilliant. I think you're absolutely right. The more we can get people with that level of qualification into every aspect of of life, the, the greater we all benefit from that. Katie, just summarising, who is it for in particular, the PROSPER project? Yeah, so I think building on what Fee has said, um, you know, the focus of PROSPER is, is on inspiring postdocs and providing a range of different opportunities for them to realise their potential, both within and beyond. Um, academia. So I think they, that in many ways, the postdocs are the primary beneficiaries of the project. However, um, given that co-creation is so important to the project and given that, you know, the vast talents of the postdoc community that Lucy and, and, and Fee have referred to, um, the, the benefits of a much broader group. So I think um, all of our, all of our key stakeholder groups stand, for, stand to benefit and the key stakeholder groups, I'd say, beyond postdocs themselves, the PIs, employers, and the HE sector more broadly. So um, I think given that the, the PROSPER model will be co-created um, with the project, it's not just about what we ultimately create, but how we do it as well. So as we co-create the model over the next three years, um, PIs, employers, staff developers, um, postdocs will all be coming together and providing lots of rich um, provided with sorry lots of rich opportunities for networking learning from best practice um, sharing different ideas from different fields so I think that's a key 
benefit of the project. Um, I mean, PIs will have opportunities to develop their own best practice, of course, in, in, in their own network and employers who work with us to develop the model um, will also have the opportunity to, to shape the development of their future leaders. Um, and ultimately, I should say as well that um, as we do come towards the end of the project, um, three years or so from now, what we will have created is a sustainable model. So a set of resources, frameworks, activities, then that will be available across the sector. So although the University of Liverpool is the project lead and we'll be developing the model in partnership primarily at first with um, our delivery partners at the University of Manchester and Lancaster University, ultimately the benefits of what we create will be rolled out across the sector. Brilliant. And I guess by bringing all those people together that you've listed, those conversations that are taking um, place will actually inform the research culture and that wider debate that's taking place at the moment, Lucy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we knew when we really embarked on this project that it was extremely timely for all of the sort of reasons that we've just articulated. But really, over the last six months, I think it's become even more so, you know, I mean, ultimately, what we're trying to do with Prosper, yes, we're going to be developing this model and resources, but actually it's also about culture change. It's about challenging those norms of postdoc career success that Fee talked about. It's not just about an academic track, but it's about redirecting postdocs to the multiple opportunities. Uh, and I think the fact that we've got these broader sector-wide discussions going on. So, so I know you're going to be recording um, a podcast with, with the Wellcome Trust. Uh, and so I think that the, the broader sector-wide discussions that their, their survey and their, their series of town meetings have stimulated, but the way they're actually challenging the community to actually come up with the solutions, so and challenging both the individuals, but also the research institutions and then the fact that we've got the funders on board. So I know Welcome are taking a lead here, but Royal Society have also been doing a lot of work in this space. UKRI have also got a point, an appointment in this space. So I think the fact that, you know, it's such a hot area with everybody discussing it means the fact that the prosper, you know, it's very, very timely for us to be pursuing our prosper aims in this in this kind of environment. Thanks, Lucy. I mean what we've just had there, I guess, is the why, the the who and the how. I suppose my next question is going to be what? So what's next for, for the project or what's on the horizon for, for Prosper? So the next main uh, major things that we've got on uh, the horizon for Prosper are our two um, session, live sessions at Making an Impact. Um, so our first session is uh, More Than a Job on Friday the 12th of June, uh, 9.30 till 10.30. And here we're going to have um, uh, three videos we've recorded with people um, who are former postdocs but have now got really cool jobs in other sectors beyond academia uh, and they're giving us um, their tidbits and they're going to be available after um, each of the, the videos um, to answer some um, live question and answers um, and so we've got um, like I said, we've got three of those in that session. And then our second session is uh, called Prosper Portal, and that's on Friday the 19th of June at 2 till 3. And this is going to be um, the launch of our Prosper Portal, and it's a set of resources which are um, just housed on this portal, but they're going to um, cover a large range of things um, that's aiming at this stage in phase one of our um, Prosper launch to help 
postdocs specifically to um, reflect on um, themselves, on their skills, on their values, on their uh, career trajectories, give them a lot of advice on the kind of skills they have and how they can translate those into a way that's meaningful for um, employers. Um, there'll be um, things as well for PIs, um, research staff developers, and then as it grows, this is going to be added to, it's going to be um, all of the resources we've got are all very much um, there for a sort of reflection and um, redraft as you know we have people interact with them we're going to take feedback on and change as we go so as Lucy was talking about before we're very you know iterative process. I think it's important to mention as well that we're, we'll soon be moving into phase two of the project um, and that will involve recruiting a cohort of postdocs to take part in more structured targeted development interventions based around what we're calling career clusters. And these clusters will comprise a range of different sectors, fields and functions that, that postdocs have the potential to go into. And that will include um, some of the more typical routes that might come to mind, such as research and development, uh, policy, tech transfer, etc., to careers that, that postdocs may not necessarily have considered, but where they can certainly add value, such as business and strategy, consultancy, comms, um, and I think that the, the career clusters phase is, is one of the really innovative aspects of the project and that this is where the employer co-creation part of the project really takes off um, and we'll be working really closely with employers to understand what roles they want to fill in different in different fields and sectors, um, how they develop people for those roles now and how they would like to do it in the future and, and working together with those employers will we'll develop a whole range of really innovative um, and sector function relevant development interventions and we haven't um, you know we haven't determined exactly what they will be yet but they will include things like um, developing sector awareness mindset developing networks as well as skills um, so that's going to be a really exciting phase of the project great so so not a lot then <laughs> <laughs> We're not, I'm not busy at all. I've just got my feet up. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, we've, never, we've never been so productive at home. Um, yeah, that's an awful lot. I really like the approach that you're taking there, especially with the reflective piece. Um, it, it really is the, the key that unlocks the door to, to development, isn't it? To, you know, that self-realisation. It comes up on this podcast time after time after time, the importance of it. Um, so yeah, it's it's a good model to to go down and then to obviously use that feedback as an iterative process. Um, yeah, can't fault that whatsoever. But right at the beginning, you talked about um, making an impact. So, uh, and I'll just pass this one over to Katie. So, how does the project uh, fit in with the making an impact framework? Yeah, thanks, Matt. So I think. Um yeah, so I think making an impact really is a flagship annual event series for the university. You know, it's ambitious in its scope and it's innovative in its range of development opportunities. It's got, you know, really rich programme. Um, and therefore, I think in terms of its ambition, its focus on innovation, um, you know, supporting people in a variety of ways, culture change, it really chimes with the values and the aims of Prosper. So that's the kind of overall sort of synergy. But I think more specifically, um, the Making an Impact framework is arranged around seven key themes and all of those as well have synergies with Prosper in different ways. So one of those is making an impact beyond academia, which obviously is really important to us. And we've already touched upon how, you know, um, supporting or helping or enabling postdocs to realise their potential across multiple careers, both within and beyond academia is really central to the project. 
Um, but some of the other um, impact themes around making an impact on the economy, public policy and services, quality of life, culture, etc. I think this really sort of fits in with what we're saying about unleashing post-stock potential. Okay, so just changing tack a little bit, um, Matt and I have had a number of these conversations now with people who are engaging in um, kind of the research field. Um, we've we've chatted to Katie Wheat at Vitae, we've chatted to colleagues from the Wellcome Trust, we've ch chatted to a number of postdocs, and one of the key themes that keeps coming through is um, this concept of kindness. I know it came out through the Wellcome Trust survey, which really struck me that actually I thought, you know, the survey would... Um, throw up something far more academic but actually you know time and time again we're hearing this this message that actually research culture really needs to rethink how kind we are to each other um, and I think that's come through very very clearly kind of through the postdoc voice so Fee as a former postdoc what is it that postdocs can bring to the table that's valuable in terms of the Prosper project? So um, obviously they they all you know uh, the focus of the of the project really because we want them to realise that they do have a huge number of transferable skills regardless of their disciplinary background and the Prosper project is seeking to be applicable and useful to postdocs regardless of that disciplinary background we're not just saying that this is only going to work for if you're from arts and humanities or if you're from sciences it's it's there to work for everybody because I think regardless of whatever the disciplinary background is postdocs have actually got a huge amount of things in common um, and they often don't appreciate that they've got a huge number of extremely marketable skills um, that are really versatile and they can use them um, you know these sort of tools that they've gathered in their skill set and apply them to a huge range of things I mean We've been um, talking to some of these um, former postdocs who now work in um, other sectors. Um, so one of my former colleagues, um, so a, a former uh, chemistry postdoc, now works in the civil service. Um, and we got a great quote from him, which was, uh, he said that, you know, postdocs really need to pay attention to the skills they take for granted because actually they're really valuable skills. It can be quite difficult to see those skills because everyone around you has got them as well. Whereas if you move into an environment where not everyone has the same background, actually these skills are really, really valuable. Mm. Um, which I think is a really, I think he puts it really nicely and nicer than I can put, because often you're surrounded by people who are also postdocs, who've also got these skills. And so it's almost can't see the wood for the trees and you don't realise how special you actually are. And with that engagement with, um, you know, postdocs and we were trying to find a good word for it, either postdoc alumni or former postdocs. We've been playing around with, but we'll, we'll come up with a better way of, you know, saying this, that people have been postdocs and now gone on to something else. Apparently my suggestion for post postdocs is just, just, oh, I was just about to say like that. that. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a great idea, right? Um, but you know, if anybody is listening to this podcast that is a former postdoc and is now working somewhere amazing and would like to share their career story with us, please, please get in touch. We are interested in capturing this and sharing your experiences. Brilliant, so important. Sophie, what's missing from the current postdoc development experience that Prosper specifically addresses? Definitely the whole person approach. Um, so often it's literally, I mean, obviously, as I was mentioning previously, it's often been very um, academic focused and it's just been talking about, you know, number of papers, number of talks you've given, um, and, it's, and it's extremely narrow and it's not actually looking at you as a whole person, what you enjoy doing. So one of the other things that's really um, unique about uh, Prosper is we're going to be co-creating with PIs because we really need their support and also we want to tap into their expertise um, in how to help and support the career development of their postdocs. 
in addition to this, we're also co-creating with employers. So as Katie mentioned, we've got these uh, career clusters coming up, but we're also um, you know, really listening to what postdocs want. So we had several focus groups and postdocs are really keen on hearing directly from employers what it is that they're looking for in their ideal um, workforce. Um, but this is a two-way thing. There's a real benefit to employers in engaging with um, the project because they'll really get a great understanding of what a postdoc is, what they can bring to them and the benefits um, of, a, a you know, this sort of untapped potential, um, you know, that they've never really considered before. Um, and that's really going to be of a benefit both to the employers and to the postdocs directly. And we're really looking to facilitate this as part of the PROSPER project. Um, the fact that it's also going to be applicable to all disciplines, that seems to be missing. We've had a, a huge look around. We've been trying to um, do as a comprehensive a sort of environmental scan as we could to see what kind of um, provision there is out there. And typically there's some brilliant um, projects out there, but they're usually focusing in just on one group of, of postdocs. Um, and the ones that we find that are usually the more overlooked are in the arts and humanities, just because historically there's been slightly, the numbers of postdocs in those areas have been slightly lower than in the um, sciences and STEM subjects. Um, so because of that, they're sort of a smaller market, so they tend to get overlooked. And we definitely are not overlooking them. Um, my um, other um, uh, research staff developer on the Prosper project, uh, Dr. Catherine Charlwood, um, has got uh, an English background, and so we are definitely in tune <laughs> with the needs of arts and humanities postdocs. Just to follow up on that, Fee, we had a really nice quote, didn't we, from one of our postdocs that we want to kind of move to the situation where co the career development or the of a of a postdoc is as important an output of a research project as kind of the publications and the other outputs. So that kind of talent that's developed through the project, um, you know, it's quite a, it's quite a big aspiration. Okay, going to ch change lanes ever so slightly. Um, one word that we've heard throughout the conversation so far that's come up quite a number of times is co-creation. Mm. So, uh, Katie, just correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't this like one of the unique things around the, the Prosper project, around its uh, co-creation with employers? Yeah, absolutely. So I think co-creation with employers is something that really makes Prosper stand out in the research development space. Um, and what the reason that we're doing that is, well, multifarious, but I think um, really we recognise that as higher education institutions, we can do certain things expertly, and one of those is develop researchers. But if we seek to sort of expand um, the development framework within which we enable and support our postdocs, then we we recognise that we need expertise beyond academia um, to support people to thrive beyond academia. So there's, there's an element of kind of getting employers input into the skills that they need and also how they develop their employers. Um, but we also recognise that working with employers we can combine our expertise and create something that's usually shape greater than some of its parts. So that's the kind of broad thinking around the co-creation. Um, and I think we've really involved employers in every aspect of, of our activity so far. So even as early as the big development stage, which Lucy worked on, you know, employers were consulted with widely and deeply on that. Um, and since I've been in post in January, we've held a number of in-depth interviews with employers around the, the sort of high level skills and also the mindsets that they need to build into their workforce um, and and i think 
we've done we've tried to be as broad as possible in that consultation and, and we'll, we'll continue to deepen and broaden our engagement so so far just to give you a bit of an idea of, of the types of organizations that we've spoken to um we've had interviews with um some organizations who may typically employ postdocs already such as um ibm research uk um or other employers that have um, R&D functions such as Unilever, pharmaceutical sector, etc. Um, we've also spoken to a lot of people within tech transfer and research commercialization space. So, you know, lots of employers that, that some postdocs may typically be already aware of. Um, but in addition, we recognise with Prosper that we don't just want to sort of support postdocs along traditional career pathways, but to open a broader range. So we've spoken to employers who wouldn't necessarily think of postdocs as a recruitment pool. So the likes of um, Tate, National Museums Liverpool, some of the local enterprise partnerships, um, professional um, the Northwest Business Leadership Team. Great. Um, just picking up on some of the things you said then, I mean, obviously you, you've got that first stage that's coming. Um, so feel free to not answer this question. But what are some of the things that the employers are saying or, or are you holding these back for, for sort of release at, at that point? Yeah, no, I can give you a sneak peek. Um, I think this idea that, that Fee's already shared um, from a postdoc alumni, as we're calling them, about the value of postdocs, that comes through really strongly, not only amongst employers who already employ postdocs, but amongst those who... Um, after a sort of short conversation about what a postdoc is and the type of skills they have, um, who that sort of group also recognises the value that, that people with research skills, with project management skills could bring to an organisation. So that's a really kind of positive thing that's come through. Um, we've also we, we sort of asked specific things around CV advice and um, <laughs> one of the, the, the big messages is that you need to sort of consider your CV really as a marketing document rather than um, you know, a record of everything you've achieved. So when you're considering, um, if you are considering applying for jobs beyond academia, you need to really think carefully about how you produce that document and how you target the content of it towards the specification, you know, the, 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 the job description or the person's specification for a particular job. Um, and I think thirdly around skills, um, the importance of leadership skills has come through really strongly. And that doesn't just mean people management, it, it, it can mean resource management, it can mean bringing an idea to fruition. And I think you know, all postdocs will have experience of that in some way. And what we want to do with phase one is sort of support and encourage postdocs to uncover the, the experience that they've got, um, you know, in a way that they can they can translate that to employers. And uh, finally, digital skills, that's something that employers all yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can well imagine that. I bet they were big on digital skills. Yeah. 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 I think yeah. some really good advice for anybody out there, isn't there, about um, think about your CV as a marketing document. That's, yeah. that's, that is interesting. I mean, people, people are becoming more switched on to that. You see people building personal brands on platforms such as LinkedIn and so on. So, um, yeah, getting that message out to postdocs, um, yeah, that's that's a really good thing to do. Yeah, and it's a completely different mindset, isn't it? You know, if you think about the, the way that you're sort of trained to to, um, to develop your academic CV, I think if you work in a, if you work as not as a researcher, if you work even in HE, um, you know, in the sort of more corporate professional functions of HE, like, like ourselves, 
then you may already be aware of that. But it's important to recognise that for, for, you know, for professional researchers whose all of their research development has been on the academic CV, it's quite a, quite a shift. Yeah. Um, so that's some of the things we're uncovering. Just to build on that, uh, Katie, actually, it's worth sharing maybe some I, what I thought was really kind of insightful feedback we had from an early focus group we did with a, a group of IBM, sorry, IBM employees who had formerly held postdocs. And one of the things that really struck me about the, the way they were talking about putting together a CV, you know, is an academic CV is a list of outputs, a publication, whereas actually they needed to turn that round and describe how they'd achieved something, the sort mm. of skills that they'd used rather than the, the output focused, which I thought yeah. was really kind of a very nice succinct way of kind of describing it. You know, a lot of us who have applied for perhaps non-academic non jobs are used to this idea of, you know, thinking about how you address competencies. But that's yeah. probably that's quite an alien concept, I think, perhaps to to quite a few postdocs. I certainly know that from talking to Kathy and Fee. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think one of the things with postdocs is you've spent such a long time and such a lot of effort just trying to get these outputs, getting those papers and they're in, you know, they've taken a huge amount of time and effort to do the experiments, to get them written up, then to get them past the editor, the peer review process, and then to be published in a very prestigious journal. And you're being told, take that out. And you're like, but it's, it's like you ripped <laughs> off my soul. Um, it can be yeah. really difficult. It is really difficult. It's, you've got to realise that taking it out of your CV, you're not losing anything. You're not losing that experience. You just need to extract, as Lucy was saying, you need to extract those sort of skills mm -hmm. that you you've had from it that process that you went through even if it does mean you have to take off the fact that you got a science or nature paper which can be phenomenally painful I'm sure for people who managed to get that I never did um <laughs> <laughs> that on that subject of publications I didn't mention this because I know it is you know for many reasons potentially a sensitive subject but lots of you know non-academic employers say on your CV I don't want to see a list of publications no don't tell me that <laughs> <laughs> But they say by all means highlight the biggest achievements you know so if you did get that nature paper you can still keep it on brilliant so employers and engaging with employers in terms of co-creation has obviously been a really important part of the project and Lucy I know there's lots of other groups and people involved also the University of Manchester and Lancaster universities are partners in the project could you tell us a little bit in terms of um, how they're involved so um, so Manchester and Lancaster are, are our two kind of initial partners and so the aim really is for us to kind of develop um, the model firstly at, at, at Liverpool, but we're already working very closely with those partners. Then to test it out at uh, Manchester and Lancaster, so testing how we can roll out both that phase one that we've discussed, that self-reflection phase, but also that phase two, that, that in-depth career clustering phase. Um, and then ultimately take that learning from how we've iterated and how we've managed to roll it out roll out beyond uh, into the NA and also then at the end of the project the the ultimate aim is that we roll that out across the whole sector. What a great chat we just had um, but we'd like to finish each and every podcast with three or four take-home tips that the listeners could reflect on in terms of their own personal practice. So if you could each give us a thought or a hint or a tip to take to, and to reflect on what would they be? Lucy. 
Uh, I guess my one would be really to encourage people, and I'm just reflecting back on my own career really, to take advantage really of some, some of the multiple opportunities outside of the day job. Now I know we're all often really busy, um, but I think some of the real learning experiences that I've had is when I've actually had the opportunity to take a little bit of a risk, potentially perhaps by moving outside to kind of lead a working group or take on something that just is slightly outside my comfort zone. And I think that really, if you do that in a kind of I'm not saying a voluntary basis, but it's outside of your job. So it might be a, it might be like um, helping to organize a conference or, or leading on a, a working group or, or whatever it might be. And I think then that just gives you that confidence. Yes, I've taken on that thing that I didn't know that I could do it when I set out, set out and I've achieved it. And then next time round, you can build on that. Yeah, I think my tip would actually be a quote stolen from one of our employers. Um, at IBM Research UK, which is take a good look at yourself. So I think it builds on the themes of the importance of self-reflection, but really kind of look at all of the, you know, reflect on both your strengths and the experiences that you have and how valuable they are and how it's possible that you are currently undervaluing those. But also don't be afraid to identify areas where you need to develop and linking with, with what Lucy said. If you do identify an area for development, see if there are opportunities to address that area. A good one. Thanks. Fee? So I think I've got two, uh, one that sort of builds on what Katie's just said and, you know, actually start that self-reflective process. Don't think about doing it, start it, actually do it um, and acknowledge that it is actually a process. It's just not a one-off thing. It's something you need to revisit and that it's a process that takes time and it can be difficult, but that's okay. Um, and I think the second thing is if you've got any opportunities to speak to people outside of the sector that you work in, so either beyond academia or even if it's just within academia and it's just somebody that's beyond your particular discipline and you've got the opportunity to really engage with them do it you learn a huge amount and it can actually be the way to start building your own networks and starting to find out what things really interest you or not um, we've certainly found that within the prosper team that we've learned a lot from each other really having those interdisciplinary things because previously i'm a chemist i only spoke to all the chemists i mean a physicist at the outside but, you know, <laughs> it's been really great. brilliant thanks everybody you've been great thank you thank you <laughs>
to frame that, um, they, they'll need to think about their CV. I think that the tip right at the end around having their CV being framed as a marketing document for themselves um, and to think about and to write about the journey and the skills used during whatever project they've been working on and not just the outcome or a, a list of publications or tasks is absolutely what uh, employers are looking for. Um, so I, that was a great tip to take away. It was absolutely, even if it was a little bit challenging in terms of taking some of your academic papers, which you've worked yeah. so hard to achieve off your off your CV. I absolutely understand um, what they're saying from that. Well, lots for us to think about there. If you'd like to take your thinking further, we've added some resources to the website specifically to do with this podcast. Um, so you can check these out at liverpool.ac.uk forward slash the hyphen academy forward slash podcast to so do have a look at those and then let us um, know what you think about these ideas and also about the episodes specifically you can tweet us at live uni academy and also you can tweet us directly at elearner matt or at alexandra underscore owen we'd love to hear from you and we're really grateful for those who have taken the time to either rate or review our show in your podcast providers app so if you've listened and enjoyed this episode please rate or even better review the show as it really does help get us noticed and therefore more people will find us as a result. Uh, also, I know a lot of you have listened and have not yet subscribed, so please do hit that uh, follow or subscribe button now and keep up to date with our latest episodes. Bye for now. Bye.